Hello again, everybody, and welcome to episode two of Midweek Musings. We unfortunately missed last week because there was some crazy weather events happening in Davenport and a power outage kind of messed with our whole system for a while. So yeah, we're back for episode two. I hope everyone's having a great spring so far. It's been a while and since then the weather has quite literally turned around and here it's so nice and I'm actually able to go outside not wear a winter coat. So we love that. This is the second episode of midweek musings i am still evie breitbach um if you missed last week i'm an english major at st ambrose university and i'm dabbling in digital media production and multimedia journalism as my minors so that's why i'm kind of working on this podcast anyways now that it's officially spring um it's got me thinking about spring colors that i enjoy and in turn reminding me about a question that i've had for many many years about the idea of colors and vision And lucky us, this topic will be a little less theoretical than last week's topic, which was time. (laughs) And we might actually walk away with a solid factual answer this time. Whoa. The question I'm talking about today is, do we all see colors the same way? Now, I'm not an idiot. I know the short answer to that question is no, we don't because there are colorblind people. Okay, so people who are about to come at me with colorblind people exist, just know that I have acknowledged that. So for the sake of this episode, we're going to be excluding colorblind people. I'm sorry. You are super, super valid and I love you, but for this instance, we're just going to be using a theoretical comparison of two fully sighted non-colorblind people. Do they see color the same? That's the question. Hopefully no one's upset about that. I don't want to cause any problems. I'm just trying to cause some confusion. (laughs) So let's just get right into it. And I hate that I just said that because that's so cliche, but here we are. So to kick off this topic, I think we need to do a little bit of deep diving into the eyeball. How do eyes work? Let's find out. This might be a review for some people who happen to know a lot about optometry, which I don't. So I've always been confused about the science behind vision. Um, So it's not going to hurt to go over it anyways. Plus for all of our viewers who might not know anything about eyes, We can't leave them in the dark. See what I did there? Anyway, (laughs) um, before anything even happens with the eye, we have to remember that every object reflects light differently. So the amount of light reflected determines the color that we perceive it to be. The object will reflect certain colors and absorb others, like certain rays on the spectrum, right? Leading to the eventual color of the object. So this reflected light then travels to the eye. So when light first reaches the eye, it passes through the cornea, which is the clear front layer of the eye. The cornea is shaped like a dome and bends light to help the eye focus. Some of this light enters the eye through an opening called the pupil, which is the black dot in the middle of your eye, which expands and contracts to let in less or more light. The iris is the colored part of the eye, and that controls how much light the pupil lets in. So the iris kind of is the thing that's expanding and contracting the, the pupil. Next, the light passes through the lens, which is the clear inner part of the eye, and the lens works together with the cornea to focus light correctly on the retina. When light hits the retina, which is the light-sensitive layer of tissue at the back of the eye, special cells called photoreceptors turn the light into electrical signals. And then these electrical signals travel from the retina through the optic nerve to the brain 
and the brain turns the signals into images you see. So in short, all of these different parts of the eye work to receive sensory data, sensory information, which then travels through the The optic nerve connects the eyeball to the brain, where the brain interprets the sensory signals, sensory information, into images. Yeah. So that leads me back to the question I wanted to discuss, which is, does color look the same to all of us, or do we all perceive color the same or different? If I asked you to describe the color of red as compared with other objects, you would probably say strawberries are red, fire trucks are red, apples are red, as well as the planet Mars, cardinals, etc. You can probably think of a million red things. We can all collectively agree that these things are red. But the question that I'm getting at is, is my perception of the color red the same as your perception of the color red? Or in an extreme example, could my blue be your red? Could I see an apple and think of it as red, but to you that same apple would be the color of a a blueberry to me? It's crazy to think about. But color is an example of this thing that philosophers refer to as qualia. Qualia are ineffable, raw feelings. We have an inability to explain and share these internal qualia, and this is called the explanatory gap. The same way that you can't explain color to somebody who's been blind their whole life. You can try, and you can think you're doing a good job, but that person will still never understand what color looks like to a sighted person because they simply cannot imagine that experience. This is similar to the way we cannot explain our own perception of colors to each other because there simply aren't enough words. I tried this with one of my friends one time. So one of my friends and I one time were having this discussion. I think it was on a bus ride somewhere in high school. Figures. And we were like, well, We have to figure out whether or not we see color the same. So we started, she said, explain how you see white. And I said, okay, um, white is clean, bright, the absence of other colors. And she was like, okay, yeah, yeah. That's how I'd explain white too. And I was like, okay. So we came to the conclusion in that moment that we must see white the same. But... It doesn't matter because the describing words we were using were still conditioned into us to mean certain things. Because growing up, I mean, we've read a thousand times in a bunch of different books and songs and movies and just everything. People describe white as being clean and bright. And I just rhymed. I'm pretty sure that lyric was from a Christmas song. I couldn't tell you what one, but it just sounded familiar. So yeah, even our, per- even our perception of what clean and bright mean. Oh my god, no, it's from Edelweiss. It's from Edelweiss, from The Sound of Music. <laughs> Anyways, um, I digress. <laughs> this concept of being unable to explain color to each other doesn't just apply to color either. It applies to a lot of different things. For example, we can all agree that chocolate tastes good, but I cannot climb into your brain and experience what chocolate tastes like to you. You might also think it tastes good, but you can't explain the experience to me. You just can't. There's not enough words. And that sounds really cheesy, but it's true. We just don't have a way of communicating these things to each other. 
a really good example of this is cilantro. I don't know um, if you are aware of this, but I've heard from several different places that cilantro, the way that it tastes is genetic. So it either tastes like soap to some people or it tastes good to others. And nobody ever really is able to describe what the good taste is, but it's just some people genetically cannot take cilantro. But again, people can't really describe it. They just say that it tastes like soap, which is weird. Why do you know what soap tastes like? Stop eating soap. Since we can pretty much agree that we can't know what color looks like in other people's minds, let's talk about, theoretically, what it would look like if we didn't see color the same. I mean, how would we match clothes? That's the first thing I come, that comes to mind. I'm like, how do we know what colors look good together? if we all see color differently because to me I think that let's just come up with an example here um blue and white (laughs) I think blue and white are a pretty good color combination I think they look complementary together but what if it looks totally ugly to somebody else but they're just conditioned socially to believe that it looks good because What if through someone else's eyes, I would look at blue and white and be like, oh, that looks like so bad. That looks the equivalent of how orange and (laughs) purple look to me, because to me, that's just an ugly color combination, you know, but it's so confusing to think about. (laughs) Basically, people have determined that because of this, because of matching and color theory and what colors are complementary of each other that if we all see color differently it would basically mean that the color wheel is just shifted in people's minds so all the color wheel would still stand firm it would still basically be a fact of nature and we can get into that in a different episode if we want to but it would basically be a fact that those that is how color theory works and how the spectrum works but it would just mean that it would be shifted. So let's talk about color theory for a minute. This is, might seem really elementary to some people, but there's a surprising number of people I've talked to who don't understand how this works. So you have the primary colors, obviously your red, yellow, and blue. And then you have secondary colors, which everybody learned how to mix when we painted and finger painted in elementary school art class. But those are green, purple and orange and then there's also the tertiary colors which I call the in-betweeners which on a color wheel are going to be the ones that are just like they're called like red orange orange yellow green blue sometimes they have fancier names but that's what I most frequently see them referred to as so then opposite colors are the colors directly opposite each other on the color wheel so It might be helpful for this part to have a color wheel on hand. Look one up on your phone if you're not driving or something. We don't want that. Stay off your phone if you're driving. But um, opposite colors, for example, purple and yellow, directly across. When you mix them, they make brown. That is a fact, okay? So I think the whole idea of mixing opposite colors is enough to prove that the color wheel must be shifted in our minds if we don't see color the same. Or it just is proof that we simply must see color the same. Just a little bit of food for thought there. 
So I made up this little exercise to help explain what I mean about the color wheel having been rotated. This is where I wish I had a visual representation of what I'm talking about because we're, this is an audio platform. Get out your color wheel and I will show you what I'm talking about. So take the color wheel and place it in front of you. Then if you place a yellow object by the yellow, a red object by the red, and a blue object by the blue, you should be able to see what I mean in this next step. Then, once you have that arranged, pick up your color wheel and rotate it either direction so that the primary colors have rotated by one. The color that now rests in front of that object would be the new color for it, in theory. And that also would mean that a smaller shift would be possible, or a shift in the other direction. It doesn't necessarily mean primary colors are shifted. Or only primary colors, I should say. Yeah, there could definitely be a smaller shift or a bigger shift. This is all just theory. Color theory. <laughs> that was gross. Alright, so then that brings us back to the question at hand, since we keep going off on different tangents. But I assure you, the tangents have been important to proving my point. Hopefully it's made sense so far, but it should all culminate within a few minutes, so just hang tight. The easy answer to, do we all see color the same, would be to say yes, of course, because there's no way to prove it, and it's a lot easier to understand. Another easy answer, though, would be to say no, we don't all see color the same, because everyone's bodies are different, everyone's brains and eyes function differently, and there's no way that color all looks exactly the same to each person. I mean, we have colorblind people. So that, in and of itself, is proof that some people don't see color the same. And that is kind of a scary thought, because I think the world is so pretty. Like, and this is no dig at colorblind people by any means. Just, to me, I can't imagine what the world would look like if my perception of color was different. It's crazy. It brings us back to that whole qualia thing from earlier. It's weird to think that others might not have the same experiences as me. Like, when you walk outside, what color is the grass? Or the sky? <sighs> oh no! I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So with all of these different thoughts in mind, let's, let's just get right into the science of this. Because I've stalled long enough. Not that I'm stalling, per se. I'm just trying to give you all the angles before we, before we draw a conclusion. Okay, so, all right, brace yourselves for this. Here is the scientific conclusion about color. I should add a drum roll, drum roll here in post, but we'll see if I can find one that's royalty free. Color does not exist in the outside world beyond our own minds in the same way that gravity and protons do. Color does not exist. Uh-oh. This, this is giving me flashbacks to episode one of saying time doesn't exist. Now it's color. You guys are going to stop listening because I'm ruining your lives. Anyway, gravity, on the other hand, is an example of something that exists. But color is something that's only in our heads. I promise not everything is an illusion. Just everything that I'm talking about is. <laughs> Color is only created in our heads. Our brains convert a certain range of electromagnetic spectrum into color. We can't even see the entire spectrum. 
I mean, we know that. There's only, there's only a small chunk of the spectrum that's even visible light. We can measure the wavelength of radiation, but we can't observe the experience of color inside our minds. So there you have it. I think it's safe to say that we can't know the exact answer to this question. You're welcome. You listened to however long this podcast has been so far, and you don't even have an answer. (laughs) Remember the parts of the eye that I talked about earlier, though? We have these cones in our eyes, often referred to alongside the rods, like rods and cones, cones and rods. I feel like I hear them talk about this at the eye doctor, and I'm like, what? It goes in one ear and out the other. But we have three cones, to be exact. Unless you're colorblind, then you are likely missing one. Each cone works sort of like a printer, in the sense that one cone is responsible for magenta, or red to green spectrum. One is responsible for blue, and the other one is responsible for green to red. It sounds an awful lot like a printer, with cyan and magenta and yellow. I think yellow is the third one, correct me if I'm wrong. These cones are responsible for perceiving color, among other tasks. And everyone's cones are naturally going to be a little bit different, just because of the way they were made. And this allows for slight differences in the colors that we perceive. So, no, we don't all see color the same way. But we can't know that for sure. You know, I think we've been over it enough times that no, we can't be sure. But in my research, I found a couple things that are rather interesting about knowing how others perceive color. In theory, if a person were colorblind in one eye, they could cover their colorblind eye and tell us what color looked like with the other eye, and vice versa. So that person could know two different forms of color, two different perceptions of the world, but we would not be able to understand that person because of qualia. So, unless you're colorblind in one eye and fully sighted in the other, I hate to say it, but you're out of luck. You're only ever going to know your own perception of color. And the rest of us will just have to imagine what it must look like through other people's eyes. Slightly different, very different, or remarkably the same. We can't really know, and that's okay, I think. I'm I'm okay with how the world looks through my eyes. So that is going to conclude us for the day. This one was a little bit shorter than last week, but that's okay. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the second episode of Midweek Musings. As always, I will be on Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. on 106.1 FM, or you can listen to this podcast, which is going to be on Spotify, the KALA website, or any other place where you can get your podcasts. I encourage you to go back and listen to the previous episode about time. It was a huge success, and by huge success, I mean I felt good about it. And that's what matters. I was really proud of myself. (laughs) This podcast was recorded at the studios of KALA-FM, St. Ambrose University. Opinions expressed are not necessarily those of KALA Radio or St. Ambrose University.